You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Try this again. Good evening, everyone. It is good to be here. Honored to be asked to be a part of this I Am a Disciple series. And uh, as you know, Pastor and Sister Kristen are at General Conference right now. And uh, you will not only have to put up with me this evening, but you will also have to put up with me on Sunday. All right. So. Uh, that may be good news to some, bad news to others, but. Whatever. Let's stand together. I, uh, just, to, just to give you an update, Sister Reed uh, certainly went through her surgery. Uh, she is home, doing well, and uh, we want to continue to pray for her. Believing God, expecting God for a complete recovery. Yes. Yes. Absolutely complete. Anybody agree with me on that? Yes. Absolutely agree. Believe that. Believe that. And uh, there may be some other needs in the house right now. If you have a need, would you just lift your hand right now? Amen. Thank God for his... Uh, how do I say this? Just say it. Thank God for answering prayer. Thank God for knowing our needs and meeting those needs. Will you lift your voice with me all over the house right now? Can we pray together? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your healing power. I pray that it be released right now, not only in this house, but anyone that may be watching online. We, again... We continue to pray for Sister Reed, believing God for complete healing and complete recovery in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we honor you today. We honor you today. We honor you today. We pray, Lord God, for what you're doing in Florida. We pray, Lord, for all of those that have lost their homes, families that have lost their lives. Lord, we ask you to extend your grace and mercy and help to them. But Lord, we also pray for the general conference tonight and we pray for what you want to do. And uh, we're just trusting you, Lord. We know that in these very difficult and challenging times yet, we know this is the greatest hour to be a part of the church. And Lord, we're trusting you. In Jesus' name, I thank you for what you're doing here in Cincinnati. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing through the ministry of TCC and all the, the campuses, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to continue to do. We trust you. We love you. We believe you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. And uh, you may be seated. I... Uh, 
understand that pastor's been teaching a series on I am a disciple and he had a special request that I would teach tonight and uh, in line with their theme and their series and so we are going to do our best to do our best Uh, and he requested that I teach on the subject the importance of personal Bible studies the importance of personal Bible studies. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading at verse number 3. And uh, we're going to read verses 3 through 9. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Mark 4, 3 through 9. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of the earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Just checking to see, uh, having a little trouble, I'm assuming, getting the scriptures and things. So. It could be, it would be very easy uh, to make tonight's study very content heavy. However, I sincerely believe that God wants us to communicate this amazing subject in a much more practical and simplistic way. First of all, we must never minimize the power of of the anointed word regardless if it's spoken or if it's written as we see in our text Jesus teaching his disciples shares with them a very powerful truth that I think personally gets missed the parable of the four types of ground that Jesus is teaching about represents every person on the face of this earth. Meaning, there are four types of people. I don't know how many of you have ever looked at that, considered that, but it really is what he is showing us. This is so important to understand that if you're going to be effective in teaching personal Bible studies... You really need to understand this 
Because if you don't, you're going to get very frustrated. I would like to think that everybody's the same and everybody receives the same and everybody understands the same, everybody has the same hunger, so on, so on, so on. But we know that's just not true. And just as everyone is different, people are different in how they receive God's word. Now, it's interesting to me how the disciples were confused about what Jesus was saying to them. His answer, however, is more revealing and I believe will greatly help us tonight if we desire to be the disciples God is calling us to be. It's important that we understand our responsibility to not only be recipients of the word, but we also impart and share the word. We have a responsibility to not only be a disciple, but to be a disciple maker. And we have a responsibility to use personal Bible studies as a powerful tool to do so. I want us to look at Jesus' answer to them. If you would go with me to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, verses, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Did you catch that? That statement alone reflects and shows us the incredible importance on this parable. To the point, Jesus said, if you don't understand this one, how are you going to understand any of them? Now, let's look at verse 14. The sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. So we understand then that the parable's focus is the power and effectiveness of the word. It's like seed. And seed isn't particular in what hand plants it. It's not just how it's sown, however, that we need to understand. But the heart it's being sown in makes the difference in what's received and what's not. It makes the difference if fruit comes or if it doesn't. Every type of ground, i.e. every heart, receives the word 
and responds to it differently. Now, this is extremely important if you are one who teaches personal Bible studies. I remember before I understood this, I was very discouraged at times because you would pour yourself into people teaching Bible studies only to see them walk away for various reasons. And I'll just throw this in. It's interesting to note, I'm getting ahead, but if you notice of the four types of ground, and we're going to look at them in just a moment, only one is considered good. And of the one, some are 100%ers, some are 60%ers, some are 30%ers. I remember laying on my face in our building that we were remodeling and I'm laying under the toilets, scraping tile and tar and extremely frustrated because we had less than a month until we were going to host district conference and dedicate our building. And uh, it was about a two-year project and everything, you know, went really good at first. But the longer we got into the project, the thinner the crowd got. And so me and God was having a little discussion about this because here I am, the pastor, not that I'm above work, but I'm laying under these nasty toilets. And uh, just about the time got done talk, God got done talking to me, in walked one of our men. And he's a pretty straight arrow, and you never have to wonder what he's saying. And he walks in the bathroom, and I roll over onto my back, and he said, Pastor, where is everybody? I said, well, Don, do you want my answer or God's? He said, well, I guess I should want God's. And I told him, I said, well, me and God had that little discussion just a moment ago before you walked in here. And the Lord said to me that there's 100 percenters, there's 60 percenters, and there's 30 percenters, but they're all good ground. (laughs) He said, all right. He walked out. Before I understood that principle, I used to become very frustrated when it seemed like you poured into people and the results weren't where you thought. And I did a little survey. It's it's not authentic. It's, you know, but I did a little personal survey over the numbers of Bible studies we taught over the years. And we were effective in about one out of four. You may teach 
two or three and have great results and then you don't have any results on the next three. But when I looked at it and I considered it and I walked through it, you know, the Bible is amazingly accurate. It's about one out of four. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm just saying to you, don't quit teaching personal Bible studies because you don't win everybody. So let's look at this wayside ground just for a minute. I got to watch my clock and remember your timetable. Verse number 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where where the word is sown. When they hear... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Hard ground that's not been tilled. It's like a footpath. That's what wayside ground is. It's easy for the enemy to rob the seed. Because the power of the word, because of the power of the word... Satan doesn't want you or me teaching Bible studies. So he will do everything he can to get the seed out as fast as he can. And when he identifies seed that has not taken root, he's quick to take it out. Now you understand it's a Bible study in each one of these. So I'm going to just, I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version tonight. Stony ground, verse 16 and 17. Let's look at it. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. That's good news. And they have no root in themselves. That's bad news. And so endure only for a time. That's worse. Afterward, when tribulation, persecution arises, watch this. For the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Quick to receive the word with gladness. The problem is there are so many stones, stuff or issues, and the seed is never able to take root. The roots never get deep enough. And they end up dying. Persecution comes in. Because of the word, they stumble. Stony ground. Verses 18 and 19. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches... And the desires of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Have you noticed that in all three of these ground, the first three we've covered, it's not the fault of the sower. And it's not the fault of the seed. This thorny ground, it has the appearance of a plant, but it produces no fruit. 
And I would submit to you that all of these types of ground are not necessarily outside of the church. And it's important that each one of us take a look at this from time to time and ask ourselves the question, what type of ground are we? Now, let's look at good ground. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And here's what I've got to say. Thank God for good ground. Thank God for those who hear the word, accept the word, and fruit becomes the result. You see, good seed sown in good ground will always produce fruit. Now, I acknowledge there are things that we may do that could interfere with the ability of the seed producing. We'll trust that will be covered possibly next week. But tonight I want you to understand that good seed planted in good ground will always produce fruit. Not necessarily at the same level. But it will always produce. Here's what you and I need to understand. Every person that you and I come in contact with will represent one of these types of grounds. And as much as I value the collective gathering, as much as I value the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God, there is no substitute for every disciple of Jesus Christ understanding the need and having the willingness to sow the seed, knowing that life and power are in the seed. It's not in us. Our responsibility is simply to plant it. So interesting how accurate the word is if we'll follow its principles. God help us never to make personal Bible studies a program only to be practiced by a few trained teachers. If I get anything done tonight in this study, that's one thing I hope, that every one of us will walk out of here understanding that personal Bible studies are not a program. It's something that every one of us have the responsibility of doing. The fact is, Bible studies can be taught by anyone that has a testimony and is willing to share that testimony with others. The first century basically used two methods of evangelism. 
any PI students in here or graduates in here, you will know this. First of all, they used the word of their testimony. That was their first, first method of evangelism. I've shared this before, but I will say it again, that the first century, for the most part, didn't have a Bible. It took one scribe one year to handwrite one copy of the Old Testament. How many copies do you think was available in the first century? But they had a testimony. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And what? You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's something that every one of us have received when God filled us with the Holy Ghost. How many understand you got a testimony? And there's nothing more powerful that God has given any of us than to be able to share what Jesus has done for us. There's one thing about a testimony. It's unmistakable and it's undeniable. And I would submit to you that many times and probably the majority of the time initially, it's the best approach to take when you're first having an opportunity to teach a personal Bible study rather than try to shove a bunch of scriptures down their throat that they may or may not understand. Why don't you just take time to get to know them and they get to know you and then just simply share with them what Jesus has done for you. Second method the first century church used was the testimony of the word. You get the difference? The first was the word of their testimony, and then it was the testimony of the word. It's you and I taking our testimony along with the testimony of others and take this book and show people how it aligns with the word of God. The emphasis is the word not our personal opinions. Look at Romans chapter 10 for a moment. Romans 10 and verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful, the word beautiful there literally means timely. I don't know of any of us that have beautiful feet, not if you're over five years old. I thought, I first read that, I thought, that ain't possible. The older you get, the uglier they get. I'm sorry, I just shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Then I realized that that word actually means timely. How many know that it was right on time when somebody brought the word to your life? How timely it was. How timely are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, 
But they have not obeyed, they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, how shall they hear without a preacher? I know that for many years, and maybe some of you still think, that that simply is in reference to the fivefold ministry. I grew up believing that if people were going to be saved, it's the pastor's responsibility. Can't hear without a preacher. Got to have a preacher in your life. I get that. I understand that. Strong's Greek Dictionary defines the word preacher there as follows. It's It's the Greek word caruso. It means to herald as a public crier, especially divine truth, to proclaim, to publish. Not necessarily does it mean it's the guy holding the microphone. It's the senior pastor of a local church. Do you really believe that God expected the church in these last days to reach almost 8 billion people on the face of this earth with only the fivefold ministry? Never. Never. I want to tell you, I remember, I think maybe it's still on your wall, Bishop Pasley always had it, and I think Bishop Senior Pasley used to have it. Everyone a minister. Well, let me say it this way. Everyone a preacher. Everyone understanding the responsibility of taking the precious word of God and sowing the precious word of God in the hearts of people. We need to quit trying to make this thing complicated. Make this some difficult program only for a selected few. I want to tell you, if you can cook, and you can talk, you can teach a Bible study. What I mean by cook is, you're just willing to share a meal with somebody. Amen. You see, the ability to teach a personal Bible study has been given to every disciple who's been filled with the Holy Ghost. On a personal note, I've influenced many more people sitting around a kitchen table than I ever did from a pulpit or in a pastor's position. My wife would confirm with you We could name family after family after family after family that we've had the privilege of pouring into, not from here, but from their home, from a restaurant somewhere, just sitting down with them over a meal. Today, those families are leaders, strong families in our church today. Would you put up the first picture? It should be, there you go. Anybody recognize, at least two of them you recognize. That picture was just this past Friday. 
I'll never forget when Joe and Angela Perry visited our church for the very first time. Pastor Tom just preached their 20th church anniversary this past Friday evening. I didn't wait to see if they would come back. I asked them immediately if they'd like to have their own personal Bible study. They accepted. And the very next Friday, which was the day after Thanksgiving, I was at their home. On our initial visit, I didn't take the big old chart. I didn't feel like that's what they were ready for. They didn't know me and I didn't know them. It was a Bible study that I wrote many years ago, just calling keys to understanding the word. It's just a simple one lesson Bible study. And I took that after a few minutes. I always opened my Bible study and especially did with them. I said, now, Joe and Angela, before I get started here, I want you to pay very close attention because someday in the very near future, you're going to be teaching this. And they looked at me like deers in the headlight. And then I went on to say, and I don't know why I said it, I just felt to say it. I said, I just want you to know we need a church in this area. As I taught that day, or that evening, when I looked up after I was finished, tears were streaming down their cheeks. I never raised my voice one time, never put my preacher's voice on. I just taught simple principles of the word mixed with what Jesus did for me. We drove them straight to our church building that evening and baptized them both in Jesus' name. Today, or this past week, they just celebrated their 25th anniversary or 20th anniversary of the founding of the church that they pastor. They're doing an awesome work. And but here's what I want you to see if you're ready for this. See, they never forgot their roots. They're currently right now teaching eight Bible studies a week, every week. Can I see the next three pictures? Or the next, just one at a time? There's one. Can we show the next one? There's two. Show the next one. There's three. Those were three that were just baptized on their anniversary night where Pastor Tom preached. All three of them were in home Bible studies that Pastor Joe and Sister Angela were teaching. Personal Bible studies work because there's no substitute for the power of the Word. Your Word because of your testimony and God's Word because of what He's poured into us. Now, are you ready for this? I'm, I'm, I'm done, really. 
as I was preparing to teach in the hotel room this afternoon, I get a text from a young man who was raised in our church from a baby who has now just accepted the pastorate of a church that was dying in Parma, Ohio. When I say dying, I mean literally it was, it was dying. He and his wife Evelyn, however, have been sent by God to Parma and they are using personal Bible studies to resurrect that work. The night he was voted in, they had, was it four or six? Four people. A week ago, they had 38. He just sent me this today. Will you send me the next picture? Her name is Karen. He just texted me this. He said, Bishop, she received the Holy Ghost today during Bible study. Personal Bible study. And here's what he texts. He said, we've been praying every Sunday. People in the church have prayed for Karen to receive the Holy Ghost. But in a home Bible study, in a personal Bible study, is where she got the Holy Ghost. He sent that to me not knowing I was going to be teaching about personal Bible studies tonight. Stand with me, please. Will you look at the person beside you and will you say to them, you can teach a personal Bible study? Amen. Now, I understand it is the norm here that at the close of your Wednesday evening training or teaching that you break off into groups for a few minutes. And we're going to do that again here just for a few minutes. And there are two very specific things that I want you to do in your group. Number one, I want you to share one takeaway from tonight's session that you feel will help you moving forward as a disciple maker. Maybe God spoke something to each one of you in a little different way. And then when you are finished sharing, I'm not exactly sure if you come back then and share points, but when you finish sharing, if you would just reach, grab hands with one another And pray for one another, asking God to lead you to someone who is ready, who is hungry, whose hearts are ready to receive a personal Bible study. Will you go ahead and and break into your groups? You, you, You would know how you do this better than I do. Will you take just a moment and share? Are there any takeaways?
when you are finished, I'm not trying to rush you, but when you are finished, if you'll just stand together and then just reach out, put an arm around a shoulder, grab a hand. Remember, our prayer is specific. Let's take time to pray for one another, asking God to lead you to someone who is ready to receive a personal Bible study. You know what I'd love to hear? I would love to hear before I leave this weekend that somebody between now and Sunday received a personal Bible study and you're going to be teaching a personal Bible study. Come on, will you pray together? Come on, open your voice and pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to lead, guide. I pray for everyone's sanctuary this evening. Every single person, every man, every woman. Lord God, everyone has a testimony. The majority of the people in this sanctuary are not novices, but they've been in the kingdom of God, in the church, have had the Holy Ghost for many years, some for decades. Lord, revive the word in them. Revive the desire to share the word. Lead, Lord God. Bring people into their paths. Help them, we pray. Lord God, that they will have the boldness and spiritual sensitivity to ask if someone would like to have a personal Bible study. Lord, you said, he that hath ears, let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, help us to be spiritually sensitive. In Jesus' name, will you lift your hands all over the house? Will you thank the Lord for this night? Will you thank the Lord for hearing our prayers? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you. Greet one another. Be dismissed in the name of the Lord. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.